1: This just in, ladies and gentlemen. No one is coming. It's up to us. That's right. Your big Patriots Cowboys preview. We don't have any fancy guests. We don't need any stars above the marquee. Oh, no, no, no. The only star we need is on the side of the helmet of the team the Patriots are lining up to beat this week as they try to even their record at two and two on the 2023 season following their big win last week. Big win. Well, they snuck out of the Meadowlands with a five-pointer that they barely earned. Anyway, that's what's going on. That's our new slogan. It just happens to coincide with the Patriots, too, as we bring you the latest and always greatest edition of Six Rings in Football Things, brought to you by our friends at WEI Odyssey and 2400 Sports. You got your old pals, Nick Fitzy Stevens and Andy Jumbo Hart. And Andy, let's just get right to it. Today's preview will be our look at Pats at Boys, Sunday, 425 from Jerry World. And, of course, the preview portion will be wrapped up with our FanDuel Sportsbook Bet of the Week. Thank you to our presenting sponsor, the FanDuel Sportsbook. FanDuel, make every moment more. Sign up today if you get a chance using fanduel.com slash six rings. Andy and I will each offer our pick on the game as well as a bonus bet that you can find on America's number one rated sports app. Then in the back half, Andy had a chance to sit down or stand up or... I don't know, maybe they leaned against a wall. Who knows? But he had a chance to chat with Kevin Stone from New England Football Journal this week. They talked all things Patriots and the state of Pats Nation. And hopefully tomorrow we'll be back with our Behind Enemy Lines portion talking to a podcaster or broadcaster from the wide world of Dallas and Dallas Cowboys football to get you guys even more prepared and ready. Andy, Patriots' new slogan, No One Is Coming, It's Up To Us, as seen on the back of... The throwback style sweatshirt, all Patriots members, the players were given Wednesday in locker room availability. Mike Reese was the first one to tweet it out. Apparently these throwback sweatshirts were gifted to every player by none other than Joe Judge. I have seen a split reaction on the X, uh, the social medias, where some people have said, I like it. It's a rallying cry. It's galvanizing. That's the team motto. Okay. And I've also seen, I hate that it's from Joe judge. Uh, Also, I hate the fact that basically this is management's way of saying like, shut up and suck it up. We're not going to be trading for any wide receiver ones or other players. You guys are the ones that need to prevent the other team from scoring and do more scoring yourself. All right. Weigh in your thoughts.
0: Terrible. All right. Horrific slogan. I don't. I don't understand what the positive message is supposed to be. It's I mean, if you want to go old school us against the world, they hate us because they ain't us kind of thing. Okay, those are good slogans. This is almost like an admission. We're not that good, but we sure as hell got to figure out a way to try to win football games. The only thing that I find interesting in this is we can now um, have a three part debate as to what Joe Judge is worse at. Head coaching, offensive mm-hmm. coaching, mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. slogan management—because all three he fails or miserably. Just motivational,
1: sp- or you know, motivational speaker, uh, if you will. I mean, like, terrible, terrible. But I guarantee you, if they sell these at the pro shop, it'll sell. Well, that's because you people are stupid. I say Okay, because uh, Pat Patriot three, sells. three minutes and ten seconds into the podcast, Andy once again made sure to let Pats fans know that they're stupid. Well, they do stupid things. Sorry. They're not stupid. They do stupid no, things. No, no, um, it's on you the have to
0: ask. I would Turn. buy the sweatshirt if I could ask for a blank back.
1: I don't want the stupid slogan on the back. <laughs> like, you can get a Pat the Patriot throwback sweatshirt at the pro shop. Right. I'm no, not going to be have. sharing my. I will not be sharing my 30% discount code with you. Well, I have those and I have the discount. I just don't need more with a dumb
0: slogan on the back that almost look half-assed. Like it almost doesn't even make sense to me. I, I, I could not dislike it anymore. I don't. I don't really so what do you get. think
1: the per- what do you think the purpose of it was? I mean, to, us against to me, the world. I think it's yes. an us against the
0: world. It's a variation. The yes, but it's it just go us against the world. Like, uh, I don't know. I just think it's bad. I don't think it's a good message. I don't like the whole thing. I don't know. But
1: they already did New England versus everyone like yeah. that. Like they need. So they needed a fresh spin. Oh, wait,
0: on wasn't New England. Was that a real one or a fake one? Was that? A no, New that England was a one? that was
1: a real one. So what happened was originally it was Detroit versus the world. Yeah, and so that's my point. That it was, was nice basically, slogan. it was like, yeah, it was co-opted or licensed by, and then uh, other people used it in the area, and I know. Yeah, I don't care about that. The brand that's headed to the Pats, and but the Patriots marketing. used it. That's yeah. different. That's
0: marketing. You know, New England owns the East. The East runs through New England. Like, there's been these Nike ones over here. Those are
1: called vintage. <laughs> this is not, this is not Nike. This is the team. The oh, screen, he, like, he bought a bunch of throwback sweatshirts and screen printed. Yeah, It. this is bad. This is bad. I, I mean, I'll be honest with you. If I were Bill Belichick, I would not have
0: allowed him to be distributed. I'd be collecting them now. I don't like it. I would pull... Oh, he's of- all,
1: you know he's on board with it because he didn't send any other reinforcements. That's the whole thing. I bet signed, sealed, and delivered. Team Belichick was like... That's great. Yeah, that's totally the message. I think, think he sent real. reinforcements.
0: They're just not good. Juju was supposed to be a reinforcement.
1: He's the worst receiver It, on the team. it was interesting that of all people, it, to be wearing no one is coming, it's up to us, would be the guy who came here. And has not been able to bring a lot of up to. Right. Like, and, and
0: to me, that is the problem. The guys that you brought in to be the impact guys, the additions, whatever. Some of them are just not doing their job. I would say Gasicki and Juju are sort of top of the list. By I the way, teaser, way less Kevin, and, Kevin Stone and I will be talking about Gasicki and our bet in the interview you hear in a little bit on this.
1: Ooh, all right. Well, my free that might... beers are officially on ice. That is a big market tease. Oh, is that for the the, uh, the 12 touchdowns for Gasicki? I don't think he's going to get there. Yeah, I don't. I don't think so. I don't think so. Either. Someone needs uh, to get him a shirt that shows him where the damn end zone is. OK, so, for example, I. Uh, You know, a little a a tiny stir, if you will, a little a little hub of the bub was made this week uh, on the Patriots uh, related socials about like, you know, hey, maybe if Denver continues to watch their season go down the drain, perhaps Sean Payton, uh, if he's not too busy blaming other people for his team's woes, would pick up the phone if Bill Belichick called about a Jerry Judy type. And could the price even be going down from the exorbitant price they asked? During the offseason side note, I think all Patriots fans should be Bears fans this week because an and four Broncos team could definitely lead to some roster dissolution and maybe just being able to pick up someone like that is. So does a slogan like this basically say to everyone, it ain't happening, guys, so don't even hold out hope. No, I, I think you could still have a trade.
0: You could still have a dish, whatever. Um, it just hit me. I, I'm not as worldly as you pretend
1: to be, um, but is this- oh, so that not only did you have to defend your microscopic existence, but you also then had to take a shot at mine. That's so kind of... I mean, really, you're Um, you're in a role so far today. Is this chance... Is there any chance this is a real quote
0: from, like, a military battle, from a... Whether the Revolutionary War, I don't know, modern war, a book... I am Googling
1: it right now. Fortunately, no one is coming. It's up to us. Doesn't it feel Uh, like
0: it would be? Like, we're stuck on an island. We're being ambushed. The only way out is us, or... Doesn't that yeah, feel like no, this
1: is this is a as a matter of fact, there's a website called 30 seconds out um, Yeah, this is kind of a big thing. I figured the more we talked about it, I was like that this has to come from military. This has to come from some. Yeah, like it's a it's a there's a morale patch. Uh, no one is coming. It's a this is a military. I figure. Yep. I yeah, don't love what it still, but what done is no, uh, often no one is coming means the coast is clear. Frequently, it portends a sense of false secure. Okay. All right. No, that's, Not that's that. no one is coming. Not no one is coming. It's up to us.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. How about that? But the difference is, and the reason mm-hmm. I accept it Seems for the military is that's the reality. If you, if you sign up for the military, there's a chance you're put in a situation where you can't get help. There is no, like this is just a football team. They can get help. They can sign players. They can trade players. They can change things. So um, I don't love it for the football perspective, but I figured
1: it had to have had a militaristic. And 30, we would think so with Joe Judge and especially Bill Belichick, Naval background, blah, blah, blah. Uh, 30 seconds out, 30 seconds out, As short for 30 seconds out, originating from the military. It's usually the last time signal you get before getting to the objective. It's when the endorphins kick in and you need to execute and perform at the highest level. Okay, so yeah. Someone is drawing from a militaristic inspirato with this as well. Uh, Those usually don't
0: go well in football these days. You know,
1: the bullets start
0: flying. There's no bullets flying. It's just football. Nope. There's nope we don't flying, like we that as problem. well.
1: Although I will say sometimes these uh, Patriots games do feel like the Battle of Gallipoli, where an undermanned team tries to charge into battle, and, uh, and it doesn't end well for them. Wow. wow. No face. It's a de- it's a, that's a pretty, it's a pretty good pull, but again, also, you know, me, me pretending to be so worldly, obviously I, I could only have looked True. that up. I would never know as much. All right, let's get to the game. Yeah. So Andy's not a fan. I like it of course, but that's because I always fall prey for the marketing and whatever they spoon feed me, me being a member of the Fox bro faithful, the you people of the world, if you will, hopefully this sort of rallying cry, this galvanize, this is a little galvanizing moment for the team. They decide to fortify their ranks. So, you know, close the circles, you know, the Buffalo bills, supposedly no one circles the wagons like them. Well, maybe this works for the Patriots and maybe it doesn't, but I will agree that if it came from anyone else, people would probably be a little more excited about it. But the fact that it was handed out by Joe judge, yeah, it's not going to be a very popular move. Well, and I did. So I, first I saw the slogan and then
0: very quickly thereafter, I saw judge when I saw the slogan, I was like, I don't, I don't really like it. And then I saw Joe Judge, and I was like,
1: no, I definitely don't like it. I, I don't, officially don't. I officially don't like it. Uh, all right, let's get into our game preview itself. Pat's Cowboys, Sunday, 425 p.m. On a Sunday that has a lot of marquee-style games, we'll get an idea of what's going on in the AFC East. The Patriots could be playing for a first-place three-way tie, depending on how – no, they would actually be in second place. I apologize. They'd be playing for second place in the AFC East. Uh, actually it would be third place cause there'd be a tie at top. Okay. So the Patriots need to win on Sunday. The uh, Buffalo bills and Miami dolphins play at one o'clock in orchard pack. Uh, the dolphins are a two and a half point dog in that one should be a hell of a game. Hopefully that serves as a nice appetizer to Patriots at Cowboys right now, Andy, the Cowboys, uh, usually home field, as we like to note, it serves up a three point favorite. So the Cowboys are actually a six and a half point favorite. In this game right now. How do you think the Patriots attack the Cowboys? What'll be their game plan? And what about the Patriots scares you in terms of the way the Cowboys play football? Of note, the Cowboys went on the road last week after two dominating efforts uh, against the Giants and the Jets. They couldn't beat up on a New York football team. They went to the desert. Their fans brought the fight to the stands. They did not, losing 28-16. to to the Cardinals who were begging to be beat because they want to tank for a top draft pick. So give me your thoughts, Art. So I think the Patriots need to run the ball. Um, I've written about
0: this. I've said this, TV, radio, anywhere that listens, I think you need to get Ramondre Stevenson going. This is a good opportunity to do that. Dallas Cowboys' rush defense is not good. I think it's 26th or 7th in the league. Uh, They gave up 220-plus on the ground to the Cardinals. Cardinals were hitting big plays. They ran the ball all day the way they wanted to. Uh, I think three different guys led by James Conner were over 50-something yards each. Each guy had like a 40-yard run. Like, they were moving the ball on the ground. Patriots with Zeke coming back
1: Ooh, and trying to play. Oh, my gosh. Field. Yep. Look at that. They gave up over 200 yards to the Cardinals, mm-hmm. led by James Conner, 98 yards on 14 carries. Joshua Dobbs, the quarterback, had six yep. for 55. Uh, side note, that video of Josh Dobbs this week trying to go to the Arizona Cardinals team store and get his own jersey and unable to find it. Hilarious. Uh, Rondale Moore, uh, the wide receiver three for 54 and a tutty as well. Wow. Now, Tony Pollard himself did find success. He had 23 carries in bell cow style for 122 yards, but yeah, you can run on the Cowboys for sure.
0: Absolutely. Can run on the Cowboys and you're going to need to run on the Dallas Cowboys because you have Micah Parsons to deal with. You have that pass defense. I think you want to try to alleviate the pressure on Mac Jones as best you can. And I'm a believer Mm -hmm. of those pass rushers. I'm old school cliche run at them, make Micah Mm -hmm. Parsons life hard by saying Trent Brown's going to run down your throat and we're going to try to run you over. Um, but more importantly, I think you need a spark and you know, I've believed all year it's born. It's, it's, uh, Stevenson like those are your potential star playmakers mm-hmm. get born going get Stevenson going he can't average 2.9 yards per carry in this game and no. you expect to win um i think you're looking for the breakout day he mentioned it he talked about it he knows he's not running well he talked about wanting to get back to breaking tackles and making people miss um and the offensive line david andrews talked about You know They're finally getting practice time together, getting the guys out there together, and he's Mm -hmm. like, that's huge. Well, we knew that. We told you that in the summer when it wasn't happening that it was huge, Um, but it is good now, so I think they're going to look to run the football, set up the play-action passing game, and
1: all the things that can come off of it. Stevenson, big day, baby. Yeah, now I think also, don't forget, could be a little bit – you got some revenge game factors. Steph Gilmore now anchoring the Cowboys secondary after Trayvon Diggs injured his knee in practice and is out – for the season. So we're going to have a reunion with the old Gilly lock again, as well. The Patriots were rumored to have wanted Gilmore to return this past off season. That would have been a nice depth addition. Sadly, he chose elsewhere. Uh, Patriots should be getting a little healthier in the secondary. Uh, not so much on the defensive line. Daniel Equale down for the season with the torn biceps, Manny Jones, he of the Cardinals and Steelers practice squads in his brief pro career signed to the Patriots practice squad to provide a little defensive line depth, Hopefully Jonathan Jones returns to action this week. Devon Godshow. injured in last Sunday's game, but a participant in practice. So hopefully he's good to go and they'll need him against that big, bad Cowboys line. And Tony Pollard who the Cowboys favored as they eschewed and parted ways with Zeke this week, uh, this off season. I like Ze- I like the Zeke Mondre tandem. As a matter of fact, Andy, if the Patriots are going to stay in, if not win this game, they're going to have to be a one, two punch. And yes, they need to come out early and set a tone and a precedent and a style and hopefully they'll actually have the same offensive line that they trotted out last week being brown strange andrews awenu and low maybe that is the line they go with going forward that would be it would actually be nice to see some offensive line continuity that is key to success communication and productivity as well i think the pats are going to be able to run the ball what will mac jones find though if they do try to set up the play action game You want to see a spark. You want to see Kendrick Bourne get more involved. Anything involving... I almost want to see them not throw to Devontae Parker and Juju Smith-Schuster at this point now because it's diminishing returns. Could Pop Douglas find some holes and seams in the Cowboys secondary? Or will Mac Jones just flat out not have enough time because of that pass rush with the Lawrences and especially the Parsons? Well, he's been good under pressure this year and he's gotten rid of the ball quickly. So he will have opportunities to get rid of the football.
0: Um, Parsons is... You know, as they say it, Max said, it's the best player we've faced all year. Guys are talking about he's a top five player, not a top five defensive player. Like the whole LT, thing comps, the he's whole real. Shit. I thing. Mean, yeah. He's real, but. Oh, um, does Belichick love him?
1: Oh, my God. Oh. And he
0: should. Everybody loves him. I mean, mm-hmm. he makes me laugh when he's on some of his uh, podcasts and things he says. I still enjoy the threat to Tyreek Hill. If you come near me, I'll put you in the blue tent. That's old school trash talk right there at its best. Um, but you mean aspiring
1: porn star Tyreek Hill?
0: Yeah, I'm not really interested in that. That's Although, <laughs> I've always wondered, uh, a man who's best known for his quickness, should he be looking to go in the porn
1: industry? All right. We'll just <laughs> go right ahead once again. Thank you to our sponsor, FanDuel. Uh, FanDuel make every moment more. And Tyreek Hill wants to make every moment score. All right. Uh, so, where were we? Yes, exactly. Uh, you asked me about porn. Yeah, I, I I, didn't. I just made mention the fact that a, a very successful, a, elusive, fleet-footed uh, wide receiver mentioned that he would like to go into the adult film industry when he moves on from football. And even Mike Evans was like, yeah, no, that's – it's going to be a no for me, dog.
0: Hey, you got to do you. That's a free – you know, everybody's got to do well, themselves. Well, actually,
1: sometimes on certain channels, people do, and it's really kind of upsetting. That's true. Uh, okay. Yes. Let's get back to football. That is, yeah, let's get back to football. So – uh Will so Mac Jones you, have you enough time against Devante, those? Last time we saw Devontae Parker versus Stephon Gilmore, it worked out well for Devontae Parker. Uh That was four years ago. Yeah, so? Yeah. I don't know how I feel about that now. I mean, does Devontae – can Parker make it through the whole game? Can Parker get open? Will he be able to use to. his size and height advantage? He, I mean, I would think that jer- you'd want to, the tight ends in Pop Douglas and expose the – Gaps in the secondary, if you're able to establish the run game. But it all hinges on that, obviously. Or as you like to say, it's hingent upon that. It is hingent upon that. It's also hingent upon
0: did the Cowboys figure out how to play without Trayvon Diggs? They did not last week. They did not look good. And I heard some talk out of Dallas that that really hurt them. They they struggled to sort of find their way after losing their number one cornerback. Mm-hmm. Um, not something the Patriots are worrying about right now because they are finding their number one cornerback in Christian Gonzalez. That's a side aspect Ooh, yes. where it's not fair to him. I think this is totally unfair, but I completely presume he is going to be fine against CeeDee Lamb, who is a very, very good receiver. I don't know if he's he a is. top elite receiver, but he's very, very good. And it's reached the point just three games in
1: where I go, eh, he'll be fine. Gonzalez will take him in the three games into his rookie season. We now have the kind of Revis Island esque confidence. Yep in young Christian Gonzalez, they're like, ah, put him in zone, put him man on man on their best guy. He'll be fine. Look, it's a great challenge. CD lamb's an excellent a one receiver. I don't think he's going to go off. So will the Cowboys now look at somebody like Christian Gonzalez and say, you know what we're going to do? Let's throw away from six. Let's go elsewhere. Let's use some of our other guys like, Oh, I don't know. Brandon cooks, uh, Michael Gallup as well. And of course, the tight end that we forgot to mention the other day, or we forgot the name of, rather Jake Ferguson,
0: who is apparently dating one of the um, who are those two girls that went from Fresno State to Miami? Is it the Havender twins? Cavender twins? Sure. The, they're They're like the NIL stars of college sports for women. Ah, okay. Well, yes. Got gotcha. I mean, everyone's there. all about the trail. Everyone's all about the trailer these days. Well, I mean, they. they they're smoke shows. That's why they're making money. It's it, it is what it is. Know, okay. um, but one of their tight ends is dating one of them. And it's a, a minor league. Now everybody's like, oh, how come the tight ends are getting all these hot chicks these days and these big time. Ailey
1: Cavender and, fuels yeah. Jake Ferguson dating rumors. Ooh, look at this. By wearing Cowboys gear in Arizona ahead of game against Cardinals. Yep. How do you, she is an attractive person. Oh, yes, she is. That's I'll just her, leave it at that. Her, her image not, is that, the key I, part I, of her name, image and, and uh, like. Yes. Um, Nice. Nice name. Uh, I will give I will give it a likeness. And yes, she has a very absolutely pleasant image. Do the you know, do the Cowboys adjust a week later post digs
0: down like, okay, we kind of settled our feet in. We figure Mm -hmm. out who we are defensively. But I think the biggest thing for the Cowboys perspective, quite simply, is do they bounce back? And is this a tough spot? Did they get a wake up call? And I, I believe they got a wake up call. I keep using the phrase. I used it with our boy Mike Cadlick. If you want to head on over to the Six Rings Cadlicks Clashes podcast, but professional pride—you're supposed to be a Super Bowl contender. You're the damn mm-hmm. Dallas Cowboys. Like you have aspirations. You just kind of got embarrassed, and I don't need the word "kinda." You got embarrassed by the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah, when um, you go
1: on the road as a ten and a half point favorite and lose by twelve, that's a show up. You got yeah. you done. Got showed up.
0: And I I think maybe they're the type of team with the type of coach had they won last week and had rolled through three straight games then maybe you can sneak up on them and all of a sudden you're up 10 nothing in the first quarter at Dallas but i think they have something to prove i think they otherwise well
1: it's mike McCarthy. yeah i mean two. they two like,
0: and two now would you're be a just, disaster and, you beat, and, giants, and you beat two bad teams in the jets and giants and then you lost to a bad, a bad team, team and a and, team. a
1: and a decent mediocre so team who's yeah for yeah. you so uh and the, and the Eagles will likely run their record to 4-0. Like, the NFC East could be over as of this Sunday, depending on what happens between Pats and boys as well. Dak Prescott, he has played. He's been very up and down against the Patriots. Wasn't great in the rain back in 2019. Very good in 2021, despite Bentley punching a ball out of his hands at the goal line. That was more on Bentley than it was Dakota Prescott. What kind of, I mean, it's, to me, Pollard will get his. Cooks is a good receiver. Ferguson will probably find a seam or two. Uh, You know, C.D. Lamb versus Gonzo, that's going to be fun to watch. This game is all about the Dallas Cowboys offensive line and their ability to control the trench and the line of scrimmage. And if Dak Prescott doesn't try to do too much or play off script, if he does and he's running around and freelancing with the ball, Patriots might be able to find one and stay in this game, if not pull off the upset. If Dallas dictates script tone and tempo, we may be in for a long one, Andy. And that's why the defensive front for the Patriots has to control the game because the Cowboys are going to be without
0: some number of starters on the offensive line. Three last week. Three are still banged up. Do they get mm-hmm. one back? Do they get two back? You know, it's it's not their dominant version of the offensive well, Bar- line. Bar- Barmore's
1: league. dinged up. Lawrence Guy is grading out very low in terms of defensive tackles you make plays this year. Not which is unfortunate. I'm just you're letting you know what's the go- Defensive front. We said you're be, be the strength. God shows dinged up. I mean, my gosh. So now we're, be- wow. we're making no, excuses. Now having a gim- no, we're having a gimp fight. We have a dinged-up Dallas line against a dinged-up Pats line. Oh. Now, you know what? The hell with it. Why don't just get out and sling it? Dak and Mac, 45-plus attempts apiece. Let's put on a show for the kids. Who's Mac putting on a show with? <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, that's fine. It a Barnum-esque. I, I was trying to get everyone excited for the game Sunday. Yeah, but I feel like
0: he lets go of the ball. It looks good. If you edit that as an NFL films, it's like these tight shots. Oh, yeah. And then you follow the ball and you're like, oh, wait, who am I following the ball to? And it just keeps going until it bounces on the turn.
1: Will the the Patriots have been able to pump Zeke and Will Greer for enough information to get the competitive edge in this game this week? As Brian Schottenheimer has insinuated and Bill O'Brien laughed at. We're not doing that. We're What about the old dirty McCorkle? Will Mac Jones go for somebody else's berries and twigs on the game? I'm going to stop talking porn. The
0: dirty (laughs) McCorkle.
1: (laughs) That definitely is going to be a drink at Davio's or something like, you know, but Mac Jones, he doesn't like seafood. I bet he'd like, I bet you. Does Can FanDuel give me odds on this? Has Mac Jones ever had a martini? That's got to be like, $1,500. Oh, $1,500. 0 chance. Definitely.
0: No, he's had a martini. Absolutely.
1: Zero chance. Pampered rich kid like him,
0: he's absolutely had a martini. bet you I mean, he had a martini I, on his 21st birthday with his dad.
1: And it, I don't know. I just, he doesn't strike me as the kind of guy like, yes, I know he, he's a pampered rich kid, but I don't think like he's like, ew, like he's, he's not, ne- he doesn't like seafood.
0: What do seafoods and martinis have?
1: Uh, they're what often so, like a nice martini served well with like a little tuna crudo or maybe like a nice, like a, uh, Rare as seared halibut, lobster, Andy, a seafood tower. You ever had a seafood tower, Andrew? You think I can afford a seafood tower? I didn't ask if you could afford it. Maybe you you know, went to, maybe someone treated you one time. Um, and then they regret, they regretted the decision because you ate nothing off the tower because you don't like seafood. Oh no, I like seafood. I eat, I like everything except oysters. I don't, I'm not an oyster guy, but yeah, everything I like else. Oysters. I, I, well, I like it. Anyway, I'm, I'm saying FanDuel, I need to know has Mac Jones. All right. That's it. I'm asking, I'm asking Jones and Mego to ask him on Monday.
0: It'll be the most awkward answer ever. He
1: won't I need to know it. He'll sign, but he won't
0: answer. He never answers those fun questions because he's scared. You know what?
1: Oh God. Can people just have fun with a freaking interview? What's going to happen? Is Bill yeah, Belichick going to Belichick can make jokes about trailer and Travis Kelsey making the biggest catch of his career, but Mac Jones can't answer a damn question about whether he's had a martini or not. That's a hundred percent accurate. Yes. Folks. This also tells you a lot about the state of your football team, that a debate between me and Andy over seafood towers and martinis is more fun than talking Patriots, Cowboys. Oh, for the love of the star. When your number one receiver is averaging
0: 6.6 yards per catch, I think it tells you how fun It you tells are. you
1: a lot about what's going on.
0: Your star running back is averaging 2.9 yards a carry, and your star receiver is averaging 6.6 yards per catch. Wait, son of a bitch. If you add up your two best players, they don't get a
1: first down. 2.9
0: uh, and
1: 6.6 does not equal 10. Patriots math is bad. What is, what is going on? What is going on? All right. Well, I'll tell you what's going on. It is time now once again. Before we ge- before we give you our prediction for the game, it is time now once again for our FanDuel Sportsbook Bet of the Week, six-ring style. Thank you to our sponsor. Once again, FanDuel Sportsbook. FanDuel, make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com slash six rings and get in on those bonus bets, the no-sweat bets, the same-game parlays. Put some money down. Get some bonus bets back. There's so many offers, you don't even know which one to choose from. Um, now Andy, I'm going to go ahead and give you the game. It is 45 and a half for your over under Patriots at Dallas 425 Sunday. Pats are currently as a six and a half point dog. Let's each make a pick on the game and give you our FanDuel Sportsbook bonus bet of the week. What do you got?
0: So I do think this is a bad spot. I think the Cardinals ruined the Patriots chances to win this game, to sneak up on the Cowboys, to take advantage of a soft Cowboys team with a soft coach. Uh, I wouldn't trust the Cowboys if I were a Dallas fan. But I also think they're talented. I also think they are a, an above average team. They are at home. I also got a little vibe that the Patriots are, I don't want to say in awe of the Cowboys, but there was some tone in some conversation uh-huh. yesterday about like, we're going to Dallas in that beautiful stadium to take on the Cowboys. And this is an interest. Like, it's almost Something like wrong with your
1: giant brand new TV right. and Lighthouse, everybody you're the effing Patriots. Like you're supposed, you're never
0: supposed well, to Well, you are, off. but. You're yeah. supposed to bring the show to the place. You're not supposed to be going to the place that is the show. And so there's a weird vibe there. Um, hmm. I, I just don't know that the Patriots are ready to win this game. Mac Jones is ready to win this game. The Cowboys can run it. The Cowboys can throw it. They have a good defense. I think it's a little overrated and I think it's adjusting to life post digs. Um, but it's what we just talked about. Until I see Kendrick Bourne and Ramondre Stevenson and Juju Smith-Schuster making enough plays for the Patriots to win against a good opponent, scoring some points. I I, I keep telling you this. I'm not a real faith-based person. I need to see it. I need to believe in something I've seen rather than just have the faith that eventually it'll happen. Um, I'm going to lay those six and a half points. I'm going to say the Cowboys get this done. I think the Cowboys are going to control the game from basically start to finish. Um, So I'm going to say Cowboys... Patriots defense, I still like, and the offensive line
1: for the Cowboys is banged up. So I'm going to say Cowboys 27, Patriots 13. Okay, so that would be an under and a Cowboys cover. Once again, Mac Jones, in Andy's estimation, not able to defeat a team that scores 24 or more points. Well, this will come as a real surprise, but I'm taking the Patriots. And no, that's not a Dallas victory. I think the Patriots take them on the money line if you want to in this particular case. I have the Patriots sneaking up and keeping pace with the Cowboys all game long, thanks to a spry effort from their uh, excellent secondary as well. They'll give up some yards to Tony Pollard, but they'll clamp it down against Dakota Prescott. And in the end this week, I'm calling for a Chad Ryland bomb for the Patriots to win the game as well. That's right. You want to be a star, no better place than in Jerry World when you're on the star. Give me Patriots 23, Dallas Cowboys 20, that's a Patriots cover and the under as well, which I same game parlayed. And my bonus bet of the week, Andy, because you're going to need the Patriots to run the ball soon, often, frequently, and then some as well. Dallas parted ways with Zeke. They like Tony Pollard. He looks good. He's their new primary back. Zeke looked pretty good last week, 16 for 80 against the Jets. I'm going to do a same game parlay, plus 466, laying anytime touchdown, Tony Pollard, and anytime touchdown Ezekiel Elliott. Oh. Old teammates both find the end zone. Mm-hmm. Will the uh, the uh, Salvation Army thing be there? Cauldron be there for him to Zeke to jump in like the no, old days? No, but Zeke's going to say, digging? keep feeding me, and there's going to be food flying out of the stands. Oh, it's going to be a scene. I, I love can't it. Wait. You know, Zeke scoring Sunday would actually be great theater, and we need all cool. that to discuss on the Six Rings postgame show.
0: It would also be good for the Patriots to just, you know, find ways to score points. <laughs> score. I don't really care who it is, but I am also looking for a uh, anytime touchdown. Um, I've realized I just kind of like Hunter Henry as a player, as a mm-hmm. spokesman, as a dude. Um, a dude. And I'll be fully, fully acknowledging this. When he arrived, I thought he was going to be kind of a douche. Um, just like his tone. Aww. I thought he had like, he was coming from from San Diego in the, the Chargers. And I thought he had like a surfer, like, I don't know. He had a weird vibe, I thought. Just seems like a gosh darn Like good a total team. him,
1: like you thought he was a him, bro? Yeah, kinda.
0: And I don't think he is. I think he's just a good guy and he's a mm-hmm. good tight end. Not a great one. I don't think good. he can be the spark that lifts the tight end. I mean, lifts the offense, but mm. he can make his plays if you give him chances. Um, I think he's going to have chances to get in the end zone. Patriots have been good in the red zone. So give mm-hmm. me a Hunter Henry touchdown anytime for plus
1: 260. There you go. How about that? All right. So plus 260 for an anytime Hunter Henry touchdown. I got plus 466 anytime touchdown. Same game parlay. Zeke and Tony Pollard as well. Andy has 27 13 Cowboys. And I have Pats pulling off the upset 23 to 20. Make sure you give us a follow at jumbo heart, at fitzy gfy, at six rings pod. That's our preview and our FanDuel sports book bet of the week and now ladies and gentle friends to continue to inform your perspective on all things Patriots we take you to Andy's chat with Kevin Stone at Stone 6 from New England football journal at the stadium this week we'll be back at you at the tail end of the week with a little behind enemy lines bonus segment as we talk to some Cowboys broadcasters and podcasters telling you what they're saying about the Patriots and how they're preparing for Sunday's big showdown at Jerry World for Jumbo for Turp, for Fitzy I am Fitzy and everyone associated with six rings and football things. That's how we do it. Enjoy Andy's chat with Kevin Stone and we'll talk to you later, folks.
0: Joining me now again here on the Six Rings and Football Things podcast at Gillette Stadium for our weekly check-in with a Patriots beat writer is Kevin Stone, New England Football Journal. Kevin, thank you for joining us.
2: Thank you for having me.
0: Okay. So, we're going to get it out of the way real quick. People that follow us on Twitter may realize that, uh, hey, you're an optimistic guy, Mm -hmm. and your optimism may have gotten the best of you this summer when you made a certain bet with me for Mike (laughs) Kosicki that he would have more than 12 touchdown receptions. Mm -hmm. Uh, how's the pace going?
2: Uh, not great. Um, <laughs> I knew this was coming. I didn't know when. I knew it was going to come today. Um, it's funny. I texted you this, I think yesterday when Farrell Brown got that touchdown. And all I saw was the eight. Um, I immediately put my hands up and I almost texted you. And I saw the six after and I was devastated uh, watching a New York look. Uh, I may have had a few beers that night but we made the bet. <laughs> I also made the bet with Brian Hines um, from SB Nation, which might have been even dumber at that point. Look. He's been uh, he's been quiet this year. There's no denying it, and um, the whole offense has been quiet though. So um, I am not conceding yet. We are three weeks in, but I am planning on buying you beers at some point. Uh, It is probably already all over.
0: Okay, so you're not conceding, and that's where I wanted to start because Mm -hmm. I I wrote a little column this morning. It was a questioning column, not an answering column, because that's what we can do in the media. We don't have to come up with the answers. We just ask the questions. this offense is mediocre. I mean, you look at the numbers. They're middle of the road in a lot of numbers. They're actually good in the red zone. They just can't get there enough. Mm. They need more points. They're down near the bottom of the league in points. Where is the, the spark going to come from? Where is whatever is going to ignite them and get them going in the right direction offensively?
2: Um, I think it's more just, you know, we always talk about them kind of treating September like the preseason. Yep. And I think there's still an element of that. This team can't afford it. But I do think they're still doing that right now. Um, the easy answer is DeMario Douglas. You know, I felt like he should be a red zone guy. Maybe not just necessarily a red zone guy, but more a third down guy. Um, but I think it just needs to come with time. And I know that's kind of a cop-out answer. But again, we're only three weeks in. Like, there's still... We just heard Mac talk about five minutes ago. They're still sort of, sort of working through things. So, look... The easy is Hunter Henry and Mike Issey, for me, I mean they're two of your biggest targets, but overall I do think it's just about time and um, and still working with Bill O'Brien and and getting used to each other. Again, it sounds like a cop out, but I do think it's going to be better at some point.
0: No, I do think it's a process, obviously, mm-hmm. um, and we just listened to David Andrews talk about the offensive line and the fact that. You know, they're coming together and getting practice Mm -hmm. reps now. And he talked about how huge that is, even even though most of them denied it in August when we asked about the lack of continuity Mm -hmm. and the lack of guys being out there. Mm -hmm. He acknowledged that, yeah, getting five guys out there, getting your best five guys out there, that should help the running game. They're coming off 150 yards, certainly heading to Dallas against a suspect run defense. That's probably part of the process. Can that be the ignition? Because I have thought for a while... Ramondre Stevenson probably should be your best offensive player. He has not been your best offensive player to start the year. Can it be as simple as get the line out there healthy together and then get Ramondre Stevenson averaging more than 2.9 yards per carry?
2: You would think so, but part of me is actually worried about him. Uh Uh-oh. Just, I mean, I don't know if you feel the same way, just watching him run these first three weeks, he doesn't look the same. Nope. Um, And I'm not sure if it's, again, the offensive line or if it's him. Um, The easy answer is yes. I mean... You know, I covered Boston College last year. Their offensive violence was in shambles. This year, it's night and day, and you can see them. You can just see the continuity there. It's the same way for any football team. So I do think that's probably the easy answer. But as far as Ramondre goes, I'm not totally sold that we're going to see the same Ramondre that we've seen, and I'm not sure why.
0: So my working theory on that, I'm mm-hmm. glad we go in that direction because I think that's a problem. I think he has been indecisive. I think he's pitter-pattering. Yeah. I found it very interesting and telling that Bill Belichick denied that and basically said yeah. he has the best vision of any back we've ever <laughs> had here or maybe as good as any back yeah. we've had here. However, he said it. Yeah. And I think that's one of those doth protests too much. And I don't think it's all Ramondre's fault. I do think the line is part of it. I think he is not trusting of the hole, so yes. therefore he's looking for a hole rather than just hitting a hole, right. but because he's not sure that hole's going to be there. So I do think there's some... Probably uh, positivity on the horizon there. And I think Zeke can help that. I think he physically brought a little bit of a boost last week in New York. And I think leadership wise, mentality, he's a guy that doesn't dance a lot. He's going to hit some holes. And I think that relationship they have, and he's, you know, Ramondre's talked about it, looking up to him, and they share an agent, I think, and all that whole thing. Um, So I do, I still have faith in Ramondre Stevenson that you're going to get. But I also say, you know, this is a week where against the Cowboys, there's sort of a slanting front where he's probably going to have to look for holes a little bit. Mm-hmm. And we can't be frauds. If he's looking for holes and then pops off a 60-yard run, we can't be like, right. you know, yeah, you're up. Well, no, <laughs> right. it's the same thing he's been doing. It just happened to work out. So I am not um, – Well,
2: I might – Laurie might be too far. Yeah. Again, he's still very talented. and um, But I just go back to the workload over the last two years. And look, he doesn't look run down yet. It's week three. But to your point, there's some hesitation there. Absolutely. And I wonder if it's just because of, you know, how much he's been through these first two years, two years, three years, two years. Um, two plus, already, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, um, look, I'm not, you know, I'm not sending him down the river yet by any means. He's still, he needs to be a huge piece of what you have. It's just, uh, um, I don't know if we're getting the same Ramondre throughout this year that we got last year.
0: So if I am going to worry Um, I'm going to spend some of my worry on uh, the receiver position, and I'm going to worry about the fact that Juju Smith-Schuster and Devontae Parker were on the field for 75% of the snaps, basically, last week, and you essentially got zilch out of it. And specifically Juju, if you look at his numbers three games into his Patriots career, a guy you chose to go get you chose to let jacoby myers go jacoby myers is making some plays for the raiders not saying all is great in las vegas either yeah. but um you had a guy that i think mac trusted that this offense trusted mm-hmm. that fulfilled the old school bella and what do you want in your receivers get open and catch the football mm-hmm. okay jacoby myers did that and you chose to let him go right now you have juju averaging 6.6 yards per reception which unless you're a fullback is not very good um his, all his numbers are like 60th, 68th. The yards per catch, I believe, is 130th in the National yeah. Football League. I am worried that you're not going to get any return on that investment. And I've seen people already on Twitter comparing it to uh, Jonu Smith, which I think is actually different. Jonu they bought in terms of projecting. They were gonna, yes. hoping to get more out of. Juju, I think you had a better sample size of who he is, what he is, what he's been, where he's been, what... Um, but am I wrong to think that the Juju experiment is already seemingly not going in a great direction?
2: No, I already think you're screwed. Um, <laughs> just to put it blatantly, look, it's, I was high on the signing. I thought he was going to be an upgrade over Jacoby. Um, again, the whole yards you know, have to catch thing. Yep. It's all anybody's talked about. But uh, how can you not think it's a, a bust already? I mean, um, as far as Jacoby goes, I think there's kind of an, an element of injury issues with him he was concussed I think week one Mm -hmm. um was he reliable yes was he ultimately going to be you know a a game changer for you no No. so in terms of third down guys again I I go back to I think Douglas needs to be that guy for this team um and I think he can easily be that replacement but right now if you're if you're just comparing him to Juju yeah no you made a terrible decision um and, and the other the other problem with it is look you knew he was hurt Coming out of the off season, Right. He was hurt. Um, they still spent the money. They really kind of hid him from us for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, he talked that one day when we were here, April, May, whatever it was, and we really didn't see or hear from him for a while, with good reason. I mean, for what? Um, yeah, no, you are. We should be very worried. Um, I just don't see. If you watch him and watching high above at MetLife the other day, he can't run. No. He can't get out of brakes. Um, he can't get separation and really nobody on his team can get separation, but um him especially, they are that's a huge problem because it's A, you're not gonna get anything for him for trade value. So you, and you're not just gonna dump him for whatever money that contract is. So you are stuck with him this year. You need to get something out of him. I just don't know if they can.
0: I know the Mac um haters or whatever don't like to hear it, but the weapons thing is a real thing. Hard and I know Hunter Henry just talked about You know, you can have five go-to guys. It's that whole, there's five aces on the Red Sox and closer by committee. Not really. I mean, most teams have a guy Mm -hmm. that they at least know they have a chance with. And Hunter Henry is a good player. Yep. I used the word spark earlier. I don't think Hunter Henry's a spark. I think he's a good player. I don't think he can be the ignition of an offense. Right. He's dependable. He's reliable. Mm -hmm. He'll do the job. I love him. I think if you were a better offense with a couple other pieces around him, he'd be even better if he were the third option that could just kind of do his thing, go about his business. But I think it's legitimate that, once again, we're talking about weapons. And I know a guy you and I both love was sort of a consideration in the draft, say Flowers, and I'm not, you, you made the right decision. Part of why you're going to be so good on defense is you have Christian Gonzalez. Yeah. But you still need to find a young dynamic, we've seen it already, speed the comparisons between the Patriots offense and the offenses they face every week, is glaring and i know that matt Groh said you know if you want speed you got to draft speed and he drafted pierre strong no longer here he drafted taequan thornton still here in body but not on your roster on your game field he's on ir so i still think that might be like you need al davis al davis (laughs) used to just draft off 40s you you need some speed but speed that can play and actually be on the field and contribute so offensively Mm -hmm. i still think that's going to be the biggest issue Defensively. Let's get to your area. Positivity. We're going to be positive. We're going to talk about the defense. Um, I am higher on this defense than I thought I would be. They have, to me, answered the questions of playing some good quarterbacks, some good receivers, some good offensive lines. Yeah. You know, Zach Wilson is what he is. But they are playing good defense against whoever you roll out against. Receivers, quarterbacks. Are you a believer that this defense can get this team... Over the top, whatever over the top is.
2: Yeah, and I think, and you know John Serenity's he's my partner at the Football Journal. We both said since camp, we thought there should be a top five, top ten defense. The talent was always there. Now, Kyle kind of like Christian Gonzalez, we need to see it first. Right. You watched the other day, he was all over So, um, Gary Wilson. Yep. He's just all over the fields, all over, really all over him throughout the afternoon. So he's legit. Yeah, I mean, I think you have, now I should say defensive line-wise, you might be in trouble now. We just lost Dan Um Devon Godshaw is now, we don't know how hurt. Um, so you might have some some problems up front, but in terms of linebackers and and speed in the secondary, I think you're okay. Um, Jonathan Jones, an issue still um, in terms of health, and um, Jack Jones who the hell knows when we're going to see him. I'm sure we will at some point. But overall, I think that this team is talented enough to maintain what they've been doing. Now, we see Miami just put up 70 and what was it, 700 yards, you held them to 24 points, I think it was. So that's a huge feather in your cap already. Now, biggest problem is late in the season, the last two years. It's completely faded. Guys like Matt Judon have completely faded late. So we need to see this for 17, 18 weeks now. But through three, four weeks, it's hard not to believe that this team is is going to do what they've been doing.
0: So Judon is an interesting guy on and off the field. Mm -hmm. On the field – He's off to another good start, four sacks, the safety, on pace to set a career high for the third straight season in New England. You're getting the ultimate return on that investment. Um, Off the field, he is definitely, he's not a captain, right? He's not a captain. No. No. But he's become a spokesman, a leader, I think a tone setter to some degree. And I found it interesting, two weeks ago he comes in, we're not a bad football team. Now he's talking about, you know, the negativity and the different things. And I do wonder, I asked Christian Fourier this on our Six Rings post-game show the other day, and he says it happens because I think we see it happen. Is this team ever in danger of going down that sort of split locker room divide where we're a top-five defense, we keep us in every game, we give you the ball multiple times to close games, to win games, and you don't do it. Is that something that could wear this team down over the course of eight weeks, ten weeks, as the season wears on?
2: I think it depends on how it looks. Like, if this team is losing the games they lost the first two weeks where you're still in it, I think, you know, the defense can say, hey, it's there. They're going to get over that hump at some point. If you're putting up 15 points again, like you like you just did against the Jets, well, now the defense is looking and being like, what the hell? Right. Um So, I, and look, we were, we were close to the split last year between Bailey and Mac. So,
0: mm-hmm.
2: um, it's... Yeah, Devin
0: McCourty admitted that. Yeah. That in the locker room there were different sort of right. people saying one guy, the other guy, not knowing.
2: And to their credit, you never... At least we never really saw it. Right. Um, they played hard every time, and um, short answer, yes. Uh, I do think you could get it. I just don't think you will because I do think between the defense keeping you in games and the offense being better with Bill O'Brien, I do think eventually it'll kind of all come together. But, um, again, I just go back to how does it look? That's the biggest thing for me, and um, I hate to go back to Boston College, but it's the same thing right now. Their defense is, is – you know, kind of held the offense up, and and last week the defense gave up 600 yards, but the offense put up 28. If you're a guy in that locker room, you know, how are you not looking at someone? And maybe a better example is the Jets. If you're a Jets oh, defensive yeah. player right now, how can you go to work every day knowing you don't have a shot that week? So I don't think it's ever going to be that dire here, um, but I do think it is possible if the wins don't start coming. If that makes
0: sense. Yeah. So um, now we need to wrap this up with, I believe I'm contractually obligated every uh, show or podcast I do. We have to talk about Mac being a dirty player this week. (laughs) Um, Mac didn't want to talk about it, not surprisingly. He's focused on the Cowboys. He uh, basically did not answer the question at all in terms of whatever happened with Sauce Gardner. And then this sort of general, Chris Long said he's one of the top five dirtiest quarterbacks in history, which... I don't know who the other four are. I was trying to think of who dirty quarter. Yeah. You don't see dirty quarterbacks. No. They're just a different breed that are sort of taken out of the physicality of the game. So, simple question. Is Mac Jones a dirty football player?
2: Yes. I mean, at this point, how can you not know, be? The evidence is not going to stack up against him. Right. And when you have multiple players in the NFL, you know, this isn't just a one-time thing now. Um, I've watched, you know, I've watched that video like everybody else has 500 times. I can't tell. Uh, I'm not sure if it was a full nut tap. Right. It was just sort of a graze, I think. Yeah. Um, now we're getting into, you know... Where um, exactly were yeah, the nuts and the hands. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Seriously, but um, yeah, I mean, how can you say he's not at this point? I saw or heard a great comparison yesterday. He's the Grayson Allen of yeah. football Absolutely. right now. Um, Absolutely. I I thought that was a perfect way to put it. Now, look, his teammates are obviously going to defend him. Right. But, it, but it, you know, David Andrews talked today, really should have brushed it off. Like, he could have easily said, hey, you know, we're behind Mac and stuff like that. Didn't say that. Nope. Said I'm focused on the cowboys not so Matt that. yeah.
0: Um, I
2: think they know. But the other problem there too is he's a captain. You can't be having this crap as a captain. Right. And I think Jeff McCordy said something again today along those same lines. So I wonder if the other captains have had, you know, kind of a talk with him and um and that type of thing, but How can we not say he's a dirty player? Right.
0: And that's how I look at it. Yeah, Devin brought up the idea like there's too many of these in a row. You need to avoid them. Whether you're dirty or not doesn't mean you're a dirty person, bad person. And that's the thing I get back to. I know Patriots fans are very defensive about Mac and he's not dirty. I didn't say he's the worst guy ever. (laughs) I didn't say he's a serial alleged whatever Deshaun Watson is. Like I'm just saying, on the field, stuff happens Mm -hmm. around him. It's like saying you're a really good driver, but you've been in 10 accidents. Well... I mean, accidents happen, but do 10 accidents right. happen? At some point, are you playing a factor in the accident? You're probably the problem. It's all right. right. And, and I think, I actually wish he would just say, I don't know what happens to me. Sometimes on the field, I make dumb decisions. Mm-hmm. I'm a, I can tell you this I'm a competitor, and I sometimes let my competitive juices get the best of me. I'd rather, and then i feel like just move on. And yeah, everybody'd be like, oh, he admitted it. Yeah.
2: I I'd rather that because, you know, there's some fire there. Right. Which we, and, and to his credit, I don't think there's ever a lack of fire no. with him. But tone it down. It it's,
0: like. it's channeling it or, or funneling it or putting it in the right. Because right. that's the funny thing is I also, he is the first one to try to look for a flag, flop going out oh, of yeah. bounds to see if he can steal something. But he's also the guy who when the QB sneak happens, the whistle blows once, he's still pushing forward. It blows again, he's still <laughs> pushing forward. Yeah. And then he wonders what happens, why guys throw him to the ground. Well, you didn't stop pushing. Okay. And at some point they get frustrated too. So it's it's a really yeah. interesting dynamic for him as a quarterback and as the quarterback of... The Patriots, that's always a little extra attention. I was say, and, that doesn't
2: help its cause at all. Right.
0: So um, it's certainly not flying under the radar. It's <laughs> And Chris Long learned the lesson. Patriots fans are kind of mad at you. They want to take away his Super Bowl rings mm-hmm. and blah, blah, blah. Um, it's a sensitive topic. But I do think it's as simple as he just needs to be a little smarter. You know, like yeah. you, you, you drop your kids off at daycare and they say, make good decisions today. Right. Hey, Mac, when you take the field, make good decisions today.
2: And, and I do wonder if that goes back to not just his Bama days, but we always talk about the tennis brat thing. You know, oh, yeah. that's an upbringing kind of thing. You know, and maybe, and I'm just, I'm not questioning his parents by by any means, but at some point when you're playing youth sports, you learn not to be an a-hole on the field. So Sometimes. Correct. Some don't. So that's more of a, that's a high school, middle school, you learn that crap when you're a kid. So maybe he just wasn't ever sort of disciplined in any way for doing dumb stuff on, on the field.
0: I also think uh, if he wins, some of it goes away. Um, Cause I think Tom Brady was a baby. I think Tom Brady did questionable things. I think Bill Belichick's a baby, a sore loser. I think mm-hmm. Nick Saban's a sore loser. Yep. You know how they squash that? Don't lose. <laughs> win. Right. Then you can't be a sore loser if you always win the game. Right. And I think Brady and Belichick and Saban mm-hmm. push through those. Mac is a losing quarterback in the NFL. He's struggling to find his footing, make or break year three. I think that kind of fluffs up some of the stuff. Okay. Before we let you go again, Kevin Stone, New England for New England football journal joining us. Um, Need a prediction. Need what you think could unfold Sunday afternoon in Dallas. The players all seem giddy to play yeah, at Cowboys weird. Stadium, like against the Cowboys. Big game. This is a very interesting game. So what, what do you think?
2: Well, it's just in terms of those comments, it feels like there's still, you know, there's still kids looking at the star on TV. Yeah. You know, so that was a little, I don't want to say worrisome, but um, sort of, you know, looking at all. Yeah. Which, which like, I'm more they're to,
0: going to a place where big-time football yeah. happens, and it's like, wait, you're the Patriots. So you're <laughs> supposed to be big-time Right,
2: football. I mean, maybe the White House isn't as good as, <laughs> right. as the scoreboard there, but um I think offensively they're in trouble. Um It's just after what I saw last week, you shouldn't beat the Jets by at least 14. And I know that's a good defense. This might be a better defense, probably is a better defense. I'm not sure how they score more than 17 points. Um, defensively, we talked about them earlier. Yes, this defense is good, but, look, CeeDee Lamb, Dak Prescott, um, it's going to be an issue. Uh, I'm going to say 27-14, maybe, Dallas. I just don't – I feel like this would have come down – well, not come down to earth, but I just don't know – put it this way. If Dallas had won last week, I think it's a a, a different spot. I hate this spot for the Patriots. I really do. It was my first thought when I saw the the score um, against Arizona – It's a weird spot. Dallas can't afford to lose this game. Mike McCarthy can't afford to lose this game, um, especially with a guy like Jerry Jones pushing the button. So um, I hope I'm wrong, but I feel like Dallas sort of pulls away in this one.
0: Okay, he's Kevin Stone. Head over to New England Football Journal. Subscribe. We should say it's one of the more interesting websites out there because they cover everything. Well, not everything. They don't always make it down to the South Coast for high school football, but they cover high school football, college football, NFL football, prep football. They have you covered. Kevin, thanks for joining us. And uh, we'll be back next week here at Gillette Stadium for another in our series of chats getting to know the beat writers. This is Six Rings and Football Things.